2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. So if you have spent some time studying Jewish history or the history of Spain, in particular the Spanish Inquisition, Today's subject is probably one you know a little bit about, at least already. It's also made a brief appearance kind of in passing in a few past Stuff You Missed in History Class episodes, including the one about the Spanish Inquisition that was from back in 2009, uh, as well as the La Reconquista and Alhambra episode from 2010 and a couple that kind of followed that. But when it comes to your typical American classroom, which, uh, you know, not everyone in the listening audience, but a lot of our listeners learned about history in a typical American classroom. It gets completely overshadowed by another event that happened in the same year. So in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and Ferdinand, King of Aragon and Isabella, Queen of Castile, expelled all the Jews from Spain. So just for the sake of clarity, uh, Spain, as it exists today, did not exist for all of the time that we're talking about in this episode. Uh, there's, I listened to some of the, the ones that, that mentioned this event in passing, and there's a moment where Sarah and Dublina say Spain, and then one of them, in this tone of fatigue where you can tell they got all kinds of pedantic email, was like, Aragon and Castile. Uh We are just going to say Spain for the sake of simplicity, because at various points that like the place known as Spain was a lot of different kingdoms. So rather than ticking through them all. We're
0: just we know, but we're going to call it Spain. Yeah. Uh, economy of language. Yes. <laughs> so this was not the first time in history that a nation had expelled its Jewish population. England did so in the 13th century. France did it in the 14th century. Uh, in the years before this event we're discussing today, Jews have been expelled from several other places in Europe, including Vienna, Bavaria, and Milan.
1: Uh, and this is really, even though it was not the first, it happened toward the end. It was the last really major uh, one. A lot of smaller uh, kingdoms and, and countries did afterward. It's become kind of the most famous Jewish expulsion. So... Uh, Spain had been for centuries home to Christians, Muslims, and Jews. And sometimes history books paint this as kind of a peaceful coexistence among three different religious groups, uh, or at least, if not peaceful, low conflict. But this really not true. Uh, After the Muslims drove out the Visigoths, Muslims had controlled what is now Spain for hundreds of years. And then following La Reconquista, which is when Christians retook Spain, Um, Christians were in control. And both, in both cases, uh, the Jews were a distinct minority, and relationships among Christians, Muslims, and Jews were often uneasy at best. So if you read uh, accounts of Spain being kind of this golden age of religious tolerance and harmony, uh, that's a super oversimplification and and ignores that a lot of times there really was a lot of conflict going
0: on. And for all that time, the Sephardi, uh, the Spanish Jews, lived under a different religion's laws than their own. Once
1: Spain was under Christian rule during and after La Reconquista, the Sephardi faced a huge amount of anti-Semitism, and this was from both liturgical and secular directions. So the Catholic Church taught specifically that Jews were responsible for the death of Jesus Christ, and also some Jews worked as moneylenders and charged interest on their loans, and that was considered to be usury under Christian law. This really became an enormous stereotype of Jewish people that was sort of applied to everyone, uh, And in general, many Christians were distrustful of Jews.
0: Anti-Semitism tended to become worse in times uh, where poor social and economic conditions were the case, or wars, or when there was other strife. Jews really became scapegoats for virtually everything, including the Black Death in the mid-1300s. And in Spain specifically, there was a rumor that a Jew from Toledo had actually caused the Black Death. With a ritual that included a consecrated communion host and the heart and liver of a murdered Christian. Even though the Holy See had declared this to be entirely false, a mob in Toledo killed thousands of Jews in response to what was just a rumor.
1: In Castile in 1412, a law called the Ordinance of the Enclosure of Jews and Moors was passed. And this law dictated that Jews wear yellow and live in enclosures known as Judarius. And these were essentially segregated towns that were locked and guarded at night. And this law also restricted uh, a lot of the professions that Jews could pursue. So Jews were forbidden from being physicians and surgeons, from being spice dealers, from being moneylenders, among other professions.
0: For three years following the passage of the law, the number of conversions from Judaism to Christianity rose dramatically. The law became even more strict in 1480 and essentially forced Jewish people into ghettos.
1: Uh, I looked for but didn't find clear documentation of whether the exact same rules were applied to Moors. Most of the articles that I found talking about this law were talking specifically about the Jewish community. Um, So it wasn't completely clear about how it applied to the Moors. Additionally, uh, the reason that there were so many conversions afterwards is that laws were making life harder and harder for Jewish people. So there were uh, certainly people who uh, converted because of a sincerely held religious view, but then there were others who converted because their life had become unsustainable otherwise. In
0: 1413, the kingdom of Aragon, not yet unified with Castile through the marriage of Ferdinand and Isabella, held the debate of Tortosa to try to convince the Jewish population that Jesus had been the Messiah and that rabbis had lied to cover that up.
1: And in spite of this name, this was not really a debate. It was more like a lecture, which Jews were required to attend. And the rabbis who had been pressured into participating as sort of a panel uh, basically had to limit themselves to asking extremely respectful questions in the hope of not becoming targets for retribution or bringing retribution upon their communities afterward. It wound up being a a humiliating experience for everyone who was forced to participate in it. In
0: 1469, Fernando, also known as Ferdinand of Aragon, married Isabel, a.k.a. Isabella of Castile. Together, their kingdoms would become Spain. So throughout all of this,
1: uh, Jews were under extreme pressure to convert to Catholicism. As I mentioned earlier, newly converted Christians were known as conversos. And it's safe to assume as I said earlier, that sometimes this really was a sincerely held change of religious convictions. But in other cases, it was definitely an act of self-preservation. And either way, conversos became targets of suspicion, both from Jews who were afraid for their own safety and from Christians who were doubtful of their sincerity.
0: There were definitely some conversos who were still practicing the dietary restrictions, Sabbath observances, and other requirements of the Jewish faith, as well as some who left money to synagogues upon their deaths. This led to the perception that all conversos were hypocrites. And however,
1: it's clear that different people had different reasons for converting, and some were more religiously sincere than others, in a lot of cases, we're really talking about people who had spent their entire lives devotedly adhering to specific rituals and traditions and beliefs, and many of them were trying hurriedly and without any kind of real instruction to abandon those practices and adopt new ones. And sometimes this was happening under extreme duress, so it's really to be expected that new converts to Christianity, uh, even when that, Chris, when that. Conversion was made genuinely, out of sincere belief, would be imperfectly practiced in the
0: real world. Uh, which is one reason why in 1478, Ferdinand and Isabella, who were acting on suspicion that some of these conversos were really the so-called Crypto-Jews, uh, people who were pretending to be Christian but were in fact still practicing their Jewish faith, obtained a papal bull and established the tribunal of the Holy Office of the Inquisition. The Inquisition's
1: very existence stoked the fires of anti-Semitism, particularly when it started forcing Jews to give evidence against conversers who were suspected of continuing Jewish traditions. Uh, The entire purpose for the Inquisition at this point was to seek out and expose uh, people who had converted to Christianity but were actually still, in quotation marks, still Jewish.
0: Uh, Spain hit a tipping point in 1491 when a group of Jews and conversos were accused of a horrifying crime in the city of Toledo. They were accused of crucifying a Christian child and desecrating a consecrated host as part of a supernatural ritual. The Inquisition sentenced them to be burned to death and put a lot of effort into publicizing this horrible thing that had happened. They added so much fuel to this anti-Semitic fire with all of this.
1: And that brings us uh, almost to the year in question, which was 1492. And we'll talk about what happened that year after a brief word from a sponsor.
2: Seasons change. Why not your gaming tech? Upgrade now during the Alienware Summer Sale event and save on select next-gen Alienware PCs and more. Pair your impressive skills with advanced gaming systems, like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. The incredible design and unrelenting power of Alienware lets you game like never before. This is gaming perfected. Immerse yourself in leading-edge 4K UHD entertainment. Limited time offer. Shop our latest tech. Free shipping. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition. And yes, that's free shipping on everything. Exceptional prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com slash deals. That's Alienware.com slash deals.
0: Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Glow with
1: your best skin. Be confident in your skin. uh, Granada, which was the last Muslim stronghold on the Iberian Peninsula, fell. And that effectively ended La Reconquista, which was Spain's effort to, uh, to conquer and claim Muslim territory. Granada had been protected mostly thanks to luck in its geography. It was surrounded by mountains, which had made it easier to defend than a lot of the other Muslim cities that had already fallen. And it had been until its fall where Muslims from other parts of the Iberian Peninsula had chosen to migrate after their own cities and kingdoms fell. Granada's residents were allowed to stay and told that their religious freedoms would be protected. Uh, They would just be under Christian rule. And unsurprisingly, Spain went back on this promise of religious protection later on.
0: It was from this moment that Spain set its mind to becoming a nation with just one religion, and that religion would be Catholicism. And to do this, uh, the plan was to expel all Jews from its borders.
1: The Edict of Expulsion to that end was signed on March 31st, and it gave the Jews of Aragon and Castile four months to either convert or leave.
0: Tomás de Torquemada, Inquisitor General, was instrumental in the expulsion, and a text that he wrote was the basis for the final edict. Three different versions of that final edict exist today. So there's Torquemada's uh, version, a Castilian version, and an Aragonese version. And there are differences among the three of them, including differences in the deadline that was set, uh, and in Torquemada's version, references to usury as an offense.
1: Otherwise, they all walk through the same basic uh, pieces The the edict walked through all the steps that Spain had needed to take. I'm putting needed in quotation marks to deal with its Jewish population before this point, including setting up these separate neighborhoods and establishing the Inquisition Tribunal. It was sort of like, here are all these things we have had to do because of you all that is leading to this edict.
0: And it then set down how the expulsion should happen. All Jewish men and women were to leave all of Ferdinand and Isabella's kingdoms and never return.
1: There were also to be no exceptions, and the deadline was set for the end of July, which gave the Jewish community four months to, to comply. Although the official announcement of this edict actually
0: didn't come out until mid-April, which cut the time down by a couple of weeks. The Jews could sell their possessions to fund their journey. Uh, they could not take any gold, silver, or coins out of the country. Jews could, however, obtain letters of credit for the value of their sold property. And the only way to avoid
1: being expelled was to convert to Catholicism.
0: So after the edict's announcement, baptisms, of course, happened as people converted to try to make uh, the situation equitable for them to stay. And sometimes these baptisms happened en masse. So at one point, there were 100 people in one morning that were baptized in uh, the town of Teruel in Aragon.
1: People sold as much as they could for whatever price they could get, sometimes taking enormous uh, losses as the deadline got closer and closer. There are stories about people uh, selling their homes for far, far less than they were worth just because it was almost time to go and they had no other options.
0: The Alhamas, which were the leaders of Jewish communities within Spain, were supposed to sell things like synagogues and community land to pay the way of the poorest Jews. But in some places, Christian governments prohibited the purchases of these, uh, properties, leaving the Alhamas with no way to dispose of, uh, their properties properly. And the poorest people who needed to travel consequently had no funds to do so laws on the sides of Christians
1: also made it next to impossible for Jews to collect any money that they were legitimately owed before they left.
0: Although the deadline was the end of July, the last ships carrying Jews from Spain left on the 2nd of August. This extension was the work of Don Isaac Abravanel, who had served Ferdinand and Isabella for eight years. He had been trying to get the edict revoked, and he and other affluent Jews had offered the king gold in exchange for the expulsion to be lifted. In Abravanel's words, Thrice on my knees I besought the king, Regard us, king, use not thy subjects so cruelly. But as the adder closes its ear with dust against the voice of the charmer, so the king had hardened his heart against entreaties of his supplicants.
1: The morning that the last ships bearing Jews left the shores of Spain, Christopher Columbus's men took communion to ready themselves for their own departure. And they set sail on the following day. In Columbus's journals that talk about his uh, first voyage, he mentions the expulsions in literally the same sentence as his own directive to sail for
0: India. And we'll talk about some of the ramifications of the expulsion. And some of the theories into really exactly why it happened after we take another break for a word from a sponsor, if that is cool with Tracy.
2: Seasons change. Why not your gaming tech? Upgrade now during the Alienware Summer Sale event and save on select next-gen Alienware PCs and more. Pair your impressive skills with advanced gaming systems, like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. The incredible design and unrelenting power of Alienware lets you game like never before. This is gaming perfected. Immerse yourself in leading-edge 4K UHD entertainment. Limited time offer. Shop our latest tech. Free shipping. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition. And yes, that's free shipping on everything. Exceptional prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com slash deals. That's Alienware.com slash deals.
0: Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Glow with your best skin. Be
1: confident in your skin. So to return to sort of the mindset of Ferdinand and Isabella during all of this, we don't really have documents or journals from the two of them that explained their mindset or their intentions when it came to this expulsion. When people appealed to each of them to try to repeal the edict, each of them kind of implied that it was the other who really wanted it. So, like, we know what happened, We can draw some conclusions about probably why, but, you know, we don't have a diary or something from either of them explaining what really was going through their minds at this point.
0: And as we said at the top of the episode, it was not as though Spain was the first place in Europe to expel Jews from its borders. And this expulsion came late enough in that order. It had already had so much precedent uh, that it's raised questions as to just why it happened.
1: Yeah, so it's like if... If this was going to happen, why did it happen now instead of earlier? Um, One theory is that Ferdinand and Isabella, while probably misguided by today's standards, certainly were benevolent in their core motives for what was going on, that their real goal wasn't actually to expel anyone, but to convert the Jews to Christianity. So following that train of thought by offering conversion as an alternative to expulsion and the consequent loss of all of their possessions, uh, people would really have their souls saved by converting to the correct religion.
0: Even if it's under duress.
1: Even if it's under duress. That's why as there's so many reasons why today we would be like, that's horrible. But in this 15th century Spanish Catholic mindset, uh, it might make a lot more sense.
0: Right. We'll make the alternative so horrible that, of course, you will be saved to our religion.
1: And that will rescue your soul from damnation.
0: Yeah. In theory, this would also be good for the other conversos. Uh, without a Jewish population to lead them back to their faith, to cause them to stray from Catholicism that they converted to, life would be better for everyone who had converted. From the Catholic point of view at the time, this would have been best for everyone. So, again, very benevolent in theory, and on, but maybe not always so great.
1: Yeah, there was also a fair amount of social pressure as Jews had started converting to Christianity, some had moved into pretty prestigious and affluent positions in their communities and even in the court. And so other Christians whose you know families were more historically Christian were sort of feeling threatened by these newcomers to their social order. So uh, th- that surely played a factor. We haven't really talked about it until now.
0: So that's the benevolence theory.
1: Yeah. So another theory is that Ferdinand and Ili- Isabella were just racist. That's like the most obvious thing that I think people might argue today. But there are some pretty valid counterpoints that people offer to this idea, uh, which is one of them in their courts conversos and their children were allowed to hold office and to intermarry with Catholics. And that's something that wasn't allowed in a lot of the other parts of Europe that had already expelled their Jewish populations. Uh, I do want to point out that that's an awfully low bar for, quote, not racist. right? Ferdinand and Isabella also publicized some of the high ranking Jews who had converted as sort of case studies of how great this was. So raises at least some doubts that you can just write off the entire thing as racism with no further examination.
0: Right. And there's also a fair amount of debate about exactly how the expulsion affected Spain's development and growth. On the one hand are people who say that the departure of one to two per cent of its population, and that's a rough estimate of how many Jews departed, was a huge detriment to Spain's economy and culture and even though the numbers are estimates and they vary wildly. In the upper tens of thousands seems like a pretty common average. So it was a significant part of their economy.
1: Yeah. So while there are some people who go, well, obviously, when you have that many people leaving, that's going to have a catastrophic effect on the population. Others point out that for the most part, although there were some Jews who had risen into the more upper classes in Spain... Most of the people we were talking about are artisans and craftspeople who lived in the kingdom's more remote and rural areas. So that impact, both culturally and financially, would have been a lot smaller because we were talking about people who had a much smaller overall effect on the economy and on the culture where they lived, especially since a lot of the uh, Jewish communities had already been put into sort of ghettoized, enclosed communities, like the departure of that community from the surrounding location. Not necessarily a gigantic, you know, shakedown on the economy of that community.
0: However, we have to point out that the impact on the Sephardi was catastrophic. They lost their homes, they lost their possessions, and they lost their livelihood some who were better off managed to hang on to at least some of their wealth and secure passage to North Africa or to the Americas where they could continue to maintain their religion and their traditions.
1: But most of the Sephardis wound up traveling by land to neighboring kingdoms that at that point still allowed Jews within their borders. Uh, but the expulsions continued. Um, the, you know, the, the biggest countries in Europe had already done this and, Jews were forced to leave Sicily in 1493, Florence in 1494, Portugal in 1497, and Provence in 1498. So most of the Jews who had gone somewhere else in Europe and hoped to live there wound up being faced with the choice of either leaving or converting again after they got there.
0: Yeah, so this almost feels like a second wave domino effect like there had been that big gap and then Spain did the expulsion and then it kind of kept happening throughout Europe as those people were trying to find new places to be. Yes. Uh, and many of them did end up converting. In 1497, another decree allowed Jews who had converted to Christianity after leaving Spain to return to Spain and buy back their property.
1: Not long after that, Muslims who were still living in Spain were faced with the same choice of either being converted or expelled. That is discussed in more detail in some of the past episodes that we talked about at the top of the of this episode.
0: Uh, Jews really did not begin to return to Spain until the 18th century, and the edict was officially overturned in 1968. Is that true? Yes. Holy smokes.
1: Yes. This year, which is 2014, Spain offered Sephardic Jews who were descended from those who had been expelled the chance to claim Spanish citizenship with sort of a fast track. uh, Which would be easier than, than, you know, what a a non-Jewish person might need to go through to become a Spanish citizen. This actually builds on an initiative that started in 2012. It's it's, uh, as of right now when we're recording, which is toward the end of 2014, totally up in the air how many people might decide to do this or go this route. I did read a fascinating uh, article on the Code Switch blog at NPR, which is the blog where people at NPR talk about race and culture uh, about people uh, with with Mexican and South American heritage kind of realizing after putting the pieces together uh, that they're Apparently, Christian grandmothers and great grand great grandparents, or grandparents and great grandparents, uh, had actually had Jewish ancestry by kind of putting together context clues from around their homes uh, and realizing that this is like the family had had migrated and then sort of adopted a new identity to try to blend in. Simultaneously fascinating and and heartbreaking.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, anytime we talk about kind of people erasing their past to try to like find a way into a future, I, I mean, because we both love history, it's it's hard to hear that like yeah. they're just erasing a big thing that like we would value just in terms of record.
1: It's, yeah, well, I can't and this imagine was also, discovering
0: that you yes. had a whole secret history you didn't know about.
1: Yeah, and this episode in particular, you know, we've had lots of episodes where I have uh, gotten onto the topic and thought, "Wow, I had no idea," um, and this is one where I had no idea, and I'm sure we have many, many less listeners who know this story in huge detail because of their own ancestry, and uh, that was one of the more surreal things of, of working on this was the my realization of my own ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then a conversation with uh, some of my friends who were Jewish on Facebook in which I was talking about a typo I made while making this, the outline for this episode, which combined the word history with an expletive and how I <laughs> wish we could swear on this podcast, because I would use that word whenever we're talking about an event like this in which people were just clearly, clearly discriminated against and faced something horrible. And we got into a conversation, a kind of conversation about Jewish history and how much of Jewish history has, uh, just huge amounts of oppression and discrimination and massacres and expulsions and is uh, just heartbreaking to look at. And I was like, genuine question, friends, help me out here. Are there happy things? <laughs> Please tell me. I want, I want to hear a happy story from Jewish history and my, my friend Jude was like, I think the happy part is the perseverance that in spite of all of these events, we have uh, so many of us maintained our culture and, and traditions over these thousands of years. And I was like, I don't know if I can convey that accurately uh, yeah. in in one episode of a, you know, half hour long podcast. So I'm just going to borrow, <laughs> I'm just going to borrow what you said to me just now, Jude. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. On a lighter note... Do you have listener mail? I originally, as I was getting listener mail together for this episode, I originally had tagged one that was uh, somebody's um, sort of family story about the cultural revolution in China. And then I was like, I can't have this depressing episode, then have depressing listener mail. So I went on the hunt for something a little lighter. Uh, And this is from Doug. Doug says, uh, he says he's a big fan of the show, has been listening for years, and he says, listening to your recent and fantastic episode on the Beast of Jevedon, I remembered an old book I came across years ago while doing some research. It was called The Book of Werewolves, and it was written by a priest named Sabine Baring Gould in the mid-eighteen hundreds, documenting his study of lycanthropy. Throughout the book there are various stories he had collected through the years from people in small remote villages. While the basis of the book is founded more in science and psychology than mysticism, it still contains some moments that make me check under my bed during a full moon. Even though actual werewolves are the stuff of fantasy, the stories of people living alone in the woods, covered in wolf pelts and attacking travelers, are quite compelling. It's more than a study of lore. In fact, it proved to be a very forward-thinking approach to using psychology in criminal analysis and profiling serial killers. Uh... He kind of proposes this as a topic to discuss, but I wanted to read it in an email because you can read this online for free at, at the uh, Project Gutenberg yeah. and other places. And we'll put a link to it in our show notes so that other folks can read it online for free. Uh, if you would like to write to us about this or any other subject, we are at podcast at com. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash history and on Twitter at in History. Our Tumblr is MissedInHistory.tumblr.com. And we're on Pinterest at Pinterest.com slash history. We have a Spreadshirt store where you can buy T-shirts and phone cases and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, do we have hoodies? I think I might need to go get a hoodie because winter is on the way. <laughs> that is at MissedInHistory.spreadshirt.com. If you would like to learn a little bit more about what we've talked about today, you can come to our parent company's website, which is HowStuffWorks, and put the words. Spain in the search bar and you will find all kinds of various articles about the history of Spain. You can also come to our website which is mistinhistory.com and you will find show notes for all our episodes, all of the episodes themselves, a, uh, an archive of every episode and I just wrote a blog post recently about how to find old episodes because we are now getting requests about whether we have episodes on particular subjects. So many of them that we cannot look up the answer and reply to everyone anymore. So uh, I just put together a blog post about how to do that. So you can do all that and a whole lot more at HowStuffWorks.com or MissThemHistory.com.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
1: all year long. Check out Olay's new indulgent moisture body wash online or at your favorite retailer.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating
2: size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel
0: comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
2: What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design?